Thanks for joining me today. This is Riley Veracek, and this is my podcast, The Political Lighthouse. So welcome back to episode number five, um, which is actually part two, continuation of tragedies of critical race theory. Um, I don't want to take too much time to have an introduction for this, so let's just get right into it. I believe where I'm going to pick up here is, yes, that's right, Robin D'Angelo. Another quote of hers was from this interview was, our schools sort kids into unequal outcomes. Now, I would actually somewhat agree with that. I was surprised to find myself agreeing with something that she said. But uh, I, I would agree that our schooling system does sort kids, maybe not intentionally, but but does end up sorting kids into unequal outcomes. And I do believe that at the end of a person's high school years, not all students are going to come out at the same place. However, the class um, and Robin D'Angelo and, and most leftist liberals today contribute this only towards race. But I think there are a lot more variables than just race. I think a student's work ethic is going to make a, a very, very large difference in this. You're going to get out of high school what you put into it. If you don't put any work or effort into learning and actively engaging, then it's no wonder that you're not going to make it at the same outcome as someone who put real effort into their education. And, and that's what the real world is like, too. If you don't put effort into your job, into your relationship, into other parts of your life, then your outcome is going to be very different than those who do put real effort in. We can't just continue to blame race as the the sole purpose of shortcomings of, of black students because that's what it is. That's what we're talking about. And at the same time, it's not like it's just black or brown students that are drawing the short stick from education. It's white students as well. And if it's happening to white students as well, then you cannot blame it on race. Uh, we, we can give students all of the resources that they might need, but we cannot force them to do the work and we cannot force them to come out equal with all of the top students as well. On top of this, and I mentioned this in one of our class discussions, um, but the education field is largely dominated by liberal teachers at the high school level and even worse at the college level. In fact, uh, there was a study done by Verdant Labs, um, and it showed that among English teachers, around 95% identified as Democrat. In the math and science fields, it's about 87% Democrat. And yet, for some reason, we only hear about Republicans and, and conservatives taking the brunt of the blame in the racism argument. But if Democrats, who are portrayed as nearly perfect when it comes to efforts to promote equity among black and white students, make up overall around 90% of all teachers, and according to D'Angelo, sort kids into unequal outcomes, then shouldn't they also be taking part of the blame? I believe that they should. However, 
you don't see that happening whatsoever nowadays in any part of mainstream media, social media, anything like that. It's just all the blame is on on Republicans. I don't think that's how it should be. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. So here. So in, in class, there was a unanimous agreement that our understanding of the definition of racism was that it was it's used more as an insult or an equivalent of saying, I don't like you, than it is a descriptive word. Um, we were, however, given a, a new definition of racism, which again, this is like what I talked about at the beginning of this episode. They, they find ways to change their change their definitions to fit what they want, to fit their narrative. So they, they said that it isn't, it isn't as much of a pejorative word, but that it's, it's actually a descriptive word, that it can be used to describe anyone portraying any racist action. Now, this class, as basically everybody knows, even if they don't acknowledge it, is a liberal class. Um, however, if we were to present someone or some of these ideas to modern day liberals, they would continue to say that I'm a racist. If I were to tell a leftist that it's possible for black people to be racist, then they, they would say I'm crazy and try to tell me that I'm wrong. But according to this class and what we've learned about the definition of racism, black people can also be racist. If black, black people can also be racist, that means they can also be racist towards white people. That, however, is something that I know would be ill-received within our class and within the majority of the left. Another thing that I hear a lot that I don't quite understand is why we separate black America from the rest of America. In my eyes, if you truly want to unify America then you need to stop trying to continue to separate black and white people and further push a divide. As Americans, we are one America. We aren't a black America or a white America or an Asian America. We're just Americans. And we need to stop separating Americans into groups fighting against each other. I think it's pathetic and it does nothing to unite the people of America. Another, uh, a funny thing, in my opinion, that was brought up in the book that we were reading is how Democrats, in, in this example, they, they brought up Woodrow Wilson, um, let down the black community that voted for him. This is what I wrote about that. So this is a quote from, uh, just a short quote from the chapter of the book said they helped get the Democrat Woodrow Wilson elected. Um, so if you keep reading, you see how he let them down um, and that it was actually pretty badly too. Uh, but Democrats, even to this day, and maybe even more so today, know that they need the black vote in order to be elected for president. Uh, Biden did a very good job with that over the summer getting as many of the BLM supporters that he could um, 
But then as soon as, as they get into office, they, they seem to quickly disregard what they had quote unquote promised to the black people that voted for them. Um, we even see that right now with the Biden administration. As soon as news networks projected Biden as the winner of the presidential race, the BLM Global Network sent an open letter to the administration. In it, Patrice Cullors, one of the founders of BLM, stated that black people are the most consistent and reliable voters for Democrats. Uh, though that might be true, Democrats still uh, are not and have not been consistent or reliable for black people. Biden, although promising reform for many things like police, low-income neighborhoods, and low-budget schools, has in reality done literally nothing for the black community that voted for him. And it's it's really nothing new. Um, let's see, what else? Oh yeah, J Jim Crow laws. Um, so we talked about those and uh, how Plessy v. Ferguson kind of started the the Jim Crow laws, the the separate but equal, um, you know. But these things really weren't actually equal, like they said they would be. Um, I wrote down a quote from our college professor, uh, and she said, "Not that separate was ever okay in the first place." Now I completely agree with that. I don't think separate is okay uh, segregation is is not okay um and so i don't think that separating black and, and white people was ever okay nor is it now but nowadays especially on college campuses we see continued segregation uh, from segregation segregated housing at nyu to uh, quote-unquote black only classrooms and study areas to segregated graduations at countless other universities and all of these things, however, are, are deemed as acceptable by these colleges because they were suggested and put forth by black students. So now segregation is okay as long as it's wanted by the black students? I don't think that's right. I also know that if instead it were white people trying to create these segregations um, and segregating black people from, from white people, it would be deemed as racist. So then why is there this double standard? That That's the question that I have because it comes up in, in this class a lot, but it comes up from the left even more often. Why this double standard? And, and why revert back to what so many black people fought to get out of? Um, another thing Dr. Rasmussen um had asked us is is how areas up north here because Jim Crow laws were not really um, enacted or were not really a thing uh, here in the in the north during that time, but redlining and, and racial covenants were. So Dr. Rasmussen asked us how areas are still affected by redlining today. Um, she then went on to kind of answer her own question, saying white people believed black people were violent and that they were going to destroy their neighborhoods. Now, I, I will acknowledge that at one time, white people did think that black people were violent. Um, but by continuing to think this, because she's still perpetuating this idea, you're, you're really pushing this idea that good equals white. Instead of trying to continue to blame people and other things 
How about actually trying to do things to change it? Sketchy doesn't mean minority, but people, and oftentimes liberals nowadays, choose to associate that word with black people. Same way that when, uh, when President Trump called the rioters oh, uh, in the summer of 2020, when he called them thugs, the left outraged because they associate the word thug with black people. It's, it's not a word that uh, conservatives do, that, that conservatives put with black people. It's what the liberals do, but then they blame it on us. If, if you give me a good reason to think you're sketchy, or not trustworthy, then then I'm going to think that about you. If you give me reason to trust you, I'm going to trust you more than I do from the beginning. But it's not because of your skin color, but because of your actions and the content of your character. That's the most important thing, and that's what this class doesn't teach. They teach us to, you know, okay, so... I was scrolling through Instagram the other day um, and came across a post that not only did I think was funny, because it is pretty funny, um, but it's sad how true it is as well. So here's this. So it says, KKK, your skin color tells me all I need to know. Once I know your color, I know exactly what to think of you and how to treat you. And it says, woke. Your skin color tells me all I need to know. Once I know your color, I know exactly what to think of you and how to treat you. The left, the woke mob, is so closely related in action and ideology to the KKK that it is it is scary, it is sad, and it is just not okay. It's not the left that is trying to fix things, but they're making things worse. And it's a sad reality. A very sad reality. Yeah, so that kind of brings the critical race theory talk, at least this one, to an end. Um, yeah, there there was a lot there. And I'm sure once we get to the end of this class, because now we're really diving into the, the true tenets of critical race theory. And so give it a few more weeks and, and I'll be back with another update of how critical race theory is going and all of that crazy, crazy liberal agenda. Anyways, thank you guys for, for joining me for another episode. And as always, I love you guys. 